It's Monday, Punday. Paid a visit to the doctor over the weekend. He ran a series of extensive tests and then came in to see me. I'm afraid I've got some bad news, he said. Turns out your DNA is backwards. I gasped and replied, and? Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Every day at 11 o'clock Central, our aim is to give you a bit of help, encouragement, and support for your life of faith. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for tuning in. Back in 1719, the English minister and hymn writer Isaac Watts composed a lyrical interpretation of Psalm 98, extolling the jubilation at Christ's second coming that would saturate all of humanity, indeed, all of creation, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. The hymn, as you recognize, is Joy to the World, and over time, of course, this hymn was popularly adopted as a Christmas carol, in effect translating that jubilation to be evident in Christ's second coming to his nativity. And while I wouldn't dispute the idea of the joy of the incarnation, I mean, after all, didn't the angel tell the shepherds, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, that joy remains at least somewhat occluded in a world that remains beset by sin, evil, and death. We may even find it so in our own hearts. But the very fact that joy can be sparse in the world today makes it a powerful witness to Christ's presence. I mean, the most joyful people you know probably stand out as being very attractive. You just want to be around them. So how do you nurture joy in your life, especially in this age where conflict and trouble reign without and stress and anxiety threaten within? How does joy exist alongside of pain and suffering? And what makes this fruit of the Spirit so powerful and desirable in the world today? Joy is our topic on today's show, and joining us as our spiritual director is Father Matthew Witter. Father Matthew is a priest serving as pastor at St. John Newman, St. Williams, St. Joseph, and St. Mary in Waukesha, Wisconsin, in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Welcome back to the program, Father. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, Patrick, and, and all the all the listeners. Very good. Well, let's start with the term joy. I mean, we all have a sense, I think, of what it means, and the larger world, of course, has a sense that uh, the joy to the world, indeed, um, for the Lord has come. But uh, what? How do we define joy? And specifically, I guess, Christian joy. What is what is the gospel and what does the New Testament tell us about joy? Yeah, joy to the world for the Lord has come, and that that's the that's really the foundation of joy. True joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's a, an awareness that the Lord has come. The Lord has come for this world, and the Lord has come for me personally. And that's the, that's the foundation of, of what joy starts with, is that, that realization and that acceptance by, by faith that the Lord has come to save the world, and, the, and, and within that, the Lord has come to save me. And, mm-hmm. and that acceptance of that reality, and when we not just hear it but believe it, that's the foundation, and it comes through the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think oftentimes we we see or we, we talk about joyful people, and I'm thinking of people that I know that I would truly describe as joyful people. 
And they always seem to be in good spirits, Father. And and that doesn't necessarily, I mean, I don't want to, of course, take away from that. And there's something obviously very recognizable about having joy within. But joy doesn't necessarily mean, if I'm thinking correctly, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're feeling good all the time. It, or at least that's not the primary, uh, the instantiation uh, of it, I suppose, is it? That's a great insight. There's a difference between like joy and pleasure. You know, pleasure comes from that sense of, uh, you know, I just had an ice cream, some ice cream, and it that, is, that right. brings me a sense of pleasure. Right? It's right. kind of those, you know, that kind of, you know, more you know, simple emotional type of response. Uh, whereas, whereas joy is, it starts with the soul. It doesn't start with necessarily an exterior pleasure, kind of um, radiating through our senses. What it, what it starts with is a sense of. Um, that inner sense, it starts with our soul, it starts with the action of, of the Holy Spirit within us. St. Thomas Aquinas even said, you know, never you know, re- think of joy as something that doesn't first come because of reason, you know, that right. joy follows reason, which mm-hmm. is different than, than pleasure, where usually the, the, the pleasure, no, pleasure isn't necessarily bad, but it, it doesn't start at that, that deepest part of our, our soul. Yeah, and maybe maybe just because we had uh, we had Father Gallagher on last week talking about the discernment of spirits, so I've got Saint Ignatius of Loyola running through my head. But I was thinking yeah. about the two, you know, when he was laid up and reading these two books, the Lives of the Saints versus some of the, yes. the a more secular book. Then the secular book, you know, brought him pleasure in the short term, but afterwards he felt empty and you know, kind of well, I suppose deprived of joy. Whereas when he read the Lives of the Saints. That that uh, that sense that uh, kind of overwhelming feeling of of not just not just pleasure but kind of fulfillment that stuck with him and that's one of the things that led to his conversion. Yes, that that's a great example. That's a great example of of, of true joy. It starts at, a, at something like deeper within our soul. That that action of the the Holy Spirit within us and it and it radiates radiates outwards. And when we recognize that, that encounter with Christ, that, that the Lord loves us, the Lord has called us into a relationship, it all starts with that, that reality of an encounter with Christ. And that, mm-hmm. uh, that radiates then uh, through our entire life. Mm-hmm. So, Father, what would you say are some of the signs uh, that we can look to to see if we have joy uh, in our lives or where we can find joy in our lives? Yeah, you alluded to one before. I think a, a big part is when there's difficult things that happen, when there's things that yeah. happen that we don't necessarily look at as, you know, like causing, you know, bringing pleasure or joy, and there's a sense of a, an assurance, even in a difficult time, that's that's a sure sign of joy, because you know that instinctively we don't have joy in, in some of those difficult situations. But when, when, when it does shine through, and not the fake joy, not the fake, you know, sometimes we can look at, you know, someone that's always smiling, always bubbly and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's good. That's not necessarily joy though. You know, you know, there's, there's also can be, you know, like a, a quiet confidence that maybe, you know, sometimes joy can be, you know, confused with being an extrovert per se, which isn't bad, not bad at all. But, but, but the point of it is many, one, one of the sure signs of joy is when even when difficult circumstances come our way and there's maybe not a bubbly, smiley, you know, you know that, that might be fake in those situations, obviously, but when there's a, kind of a quiet confidence and a peace and a peace, yeah, joy is at work. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is at work. Mm-hmm. So here's a, tr- here's a tricky one, Father, that was just, uh, we were discussing this in some of the religion classes that I teach at our local Catholic school. Um, was Christ, did Christ have joy on the cross? You know, he, he, he would have had a joy, because I think joy, 
joy and mission often go together. Uh-huh. Whenever we're, you know, whenever there's a sense of mission, whenever there's a sense of purpose, even when that purpose is difficult, there is a sense of joy many times. When we don't have mission, when we don't have purpose in our lives, you know, that's usually the quickest way to lose a sense of joy. You know, yeah. even the, the disciples, like when the, when the 72, you know, were sent out and they returned, they came back with joy. They were rejoicing at what the Lord had done because they were, they were accomplishing their mission. And so whenever there's, uh, whenever we lose our focus of our, our mission, that, that to kind of go out our purpose, ugh, usually joy at the same time tends to, to, to wane a bit. But even in difficult circumstances, even on the cross, you know, the Lord said those last words, it is finished. And those were the Gospel of John. Those were, you know, brutal words to say, but that was a sense of, you know, that was, there was a statement of joy in there. Like, it is finished. I have accomplished what I've come to do. And there is a mm. deep sense of, of joy in that. Yeah, absolutely. Our topic today, as you can probably tell, is joy and cultivating joy in our own lives and living it out so that others who maybe need some of that joy can observe it within us and turn to the Lord in faith. Our spiritual director is Father Matthew Witter. Do you consider yourself a joyful person? Do you live out joy in your life? Maybe there was a time where you maintained joy in the face of suffering, or you know somebody who strikes you as a joyful person. What is it that just that draws you to them as a joyful person? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And our email address is relevantradio.com. Father, I guess I asked that question about Christ on the cross having joy, and I certainly, I, I was maintaining that he did, um, which, like you said, but I love what you said, that there's a sense that joy and mission often go together. And this makes sense based on another thing that I think we've danced around here, but just to make it more explicit, you did say that joy is a gift from God, but that doesn't mean that we have no responsibility in growing that joy or, or living into that joy may be a better way of putting it, right? Yeah, we, we have to choose joy. Those uh, those are our listeners that might pray the, the liturgy of ours and, and the breviary. The the first part of the, the breviary, the first part of the prayer is something called invitatory. And it's always interesting because a couple of the psalms that it that give kind of focus us on joy, like the very first words of prayer, cry out with joy to the Lord, all the, all the earth, you know, come right. before him singing for joy, Psalm 100 or Psalm 95, come let us sing to the to the Lord with, with joy, uh, show with joy to the rock who saves us. And so there is a sense, I, I often think like, you know, that, that that hour is prayed early in the morning, sometimes right out of bed, <laughs> joy right. is the first thing that's there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the church gives us that that uh, you know that that inventory that really you know the first verses often focus on joy because it is a sense of we do have to choose that we have to come into agreement with what the Lord is is calling us to. Yeah, that's a good point, and uh, I will be thinking about that tomorrow, Father, and especially as I am much more of a night person than a morning person. So yes, uh-huh. there's always this uh, yeah. treatment to joy right out of the right out of the gates there every day, which is a good it's a good reminder too. And choosing joy, I mean, maybe some well, and we can get into this too a little bit more. But what are some of the ways that we do that, Father? I mean, do we do we just reflect on joy? Do we meditate on joy? Do we pray about joy? How do we choose joy? Gratitude is a big thing in the spiritual life. That sense of you know, you know, coming with with that sense of thanksgiving, with that sense of gratitude, 
that has a way of, of cultivating joy because sometimes we, we go into our days, we go into situations thinking of what we don't have and all the things that maybe we wish were right in our own life and, and in the world. And we forget that, you know, just the fundamental reality, you know, that, that Christ, you know, that we've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, that Christ has died for us, that, that we've, you know, this very moment, the Lord is desiring a relationship with us. Just starting with that fundamental fact and then peeling it away from there. But I, I think joy and, and that sense of praise and thanksgiving oftentimes kind of come in the, in the same family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot, too, and that gratitude is certainly something that we know. I Hopefully, if we've seen this in our own lives, I know I've seen it in mine, that uh, when we're thankful for something, when we express gratitude, and if we take a, a moment to, re, to reflect on what the Lord has provided for us each day, what a wonderful way to um, be moved into the presence of the Lord, to be grateful to the Lord for all He provides. So I really like that. What about, what about peace? How are peace and joy related, Father? Ooh, that's that's another great because peace gives us that that sense of the confidence. You know, to have peace means that to have the confidence that you know in the end everything is going to work out. If, if it, you know, I think there's a quote that uh, Saint Teresa of Avila: "In the end, all will be well. If all is it well, it's not the end," or something yeah, like that. Right? Yeah. Um, but, but there's a there's a sense of, of, of peace, and even even the Lord when the, the Lord talks about even joy and and, and peace, you know, the, the Lord even says, you know, the world you have trouble. Right. But take courage, I've, I've, I've overcome the world. And even, he even uses the, the image of a, a woman in labor. You know, she's in pain, you know, because of the anguish. But, uh, but, there, but there will be that sense of joy yeah. that, that will be coming. And, and, and no one will be able to take that, the Lord says. And, and so there's, there's a peace, even when, you know, the, the storm, even when the Lord is in the boat, and maybe it seems like sleeping in the boat, well, the Lord is there. The Lord is here. Mm-hmm. I love that passage, too, and we could do the whole rest of the show just on that. But we've got more to talk about. Let's go to the phones, though. We've got Vince calling in from Hammond, Indiana. Vince, thanks for calling the Inner Life. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. How would you speak to someone, let's say a family member, that you feel is struggling, um, is not grateful, is not happy, is, is uh, really lacking in joy? Is it someone that uh, that you know that have, has had a joy at one moment or the other in their life and seems to have lost it, or maybe they've never had it? How, how would you describe the the, the person? I, I would describe the person as somebody who maybe never had it and maybe, without sounding too judgmental, doesn't realize how blessed they truly are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has as the person do you get a sense that they're a person of faith that they've encountered Christ? Yes, but they may fall asleep during mass from time to time. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, okay. Very, I'm sorry, Father. Please. There's a good there's a good honesty there's a good honesty in that yeah that that uh, yep there's the human nature that 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 we all have so they it sounds like. It almost sounds like the person has a sense of, you know, they've they've encountered the Lord at least in a way, but they're resisting that sense of really, you know, having that sense of joy, um, like, and that's kind of what you're getting at. It sounds like that. Yep, they've they know the Lord. Maybe they're practicing the faith, but not doing so in a joyful way. Is that accurate? 
well, not just practicing the faith in a joyful way, but not living their life in a joyful way. You know, everything's a battle, everything's a difficulty. I mean, I'm thinking kind of like father to father and son type relationship. Yep, yep, yep. You know, sometimes really one of the, the best things is is witness to that person. When people see joy, <laughs> you know, sometimes people are like, oh, gosh, that person drives me crazy because they, they have joy. But there's something of when when the person is in a culture of joy where there's joyful people around them, that tends to to bring something out in that person. And there's oftentimes a battle in those situations because, you know, either they're going to try to steal your joy or your joy is going to be passed on to them. And I think that's that's part of it. That's part of it is this, if this is a person that, that you're around and a family member, you know, to be the most sincerely, not fake, but sincerely joyful person that you can. You often can't preach to family, but the way you live your life, that shows. And so if that's the situation, uh, know that sometimes the preaching and the advice oh, that can get old at times at a certain stages of life. But that sense of to, to live your life with that sense of joy, that has that has an impact, that has an impact, and of course, uh, rooted in prayer. Yeah, that's very good, Father. I appreciate that. And yeah, Vince, that, hopefully hopefully that's helpful. And uh, and I think we all know uh, some people who fall into our lives like that, who, who tend to be, I, I appreciate that Vince started off with, you know, who who's typically sort of ungrateful or doesn't take time to be grateful, perhaps, or something like that. And that just links back to what you were saying before, Father, about the, the linkage between being grateful and and being joyful. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, those those are tough situations. There's the old, it's kind of a, a corny analogy, but it's, it's a good analogy nonetheless in, in some of those situations. If there are people that we're around and we know, like, oh, gosh, this might be a battle because they're going to be kind of grumpy or just down on life. But there's a, you know, the, the, the images, you know, in our different encounters, are we more like a thermometer or more like a, a thermostat? You know, what does a, a thermometer do? It, it kind of tells the temperature, whatever the temperature is, that's what it's going to say. Whereas a thermostat changes the temperature. And I think, you know, especially in, in our encounters, especially some of those challenging ones where we know like, oh boy, I'm going to be in a tough situation or, you know, like, Lord, help me not to just reflect everyone else's, you know, maybe yeah. lack of gratitude or whatever, but help me to, to bring about a sense of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've said on the program before, and uh, and will likely say again that uh, one of my one of my favorite stories is uh, Christmas Carol, and what kind of what you were describing um, brought to mind describing that you know be seek to live a joyful life yourself, and uh, perhaps that will help be sort of infectious to others around, especially people who are struggling to find joy in their life, and uh, in the face of Scrooge, who was. <laughs> I would say at the beginning, at least a little less than joyful. We have his nephew Fred, who will not ta- have his his Christmas joy taken away from him. So, uh, great testimony to that as well, and to to live out a life of joy so that others might find joy as well. Vince, thanks for the call. If you have uh, someone in your life who is joyful or struggles to be joyful, if you have a question about that, but someone who is, and you'd like to you'd like to give a testimony to that and to 
to say what it is that uh, helps them be so joyful in the midst of troubles, give us a call. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149, 914 Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Heading into our first break, but we'll be back with lots more of The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter, coming up right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. He gives me peace, joy, and love, love. and freedom Freedom in my soul. Jesus' love has brought me out. His love has made me whole. Very nice. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Grateful that you've tuned in today as we're talking about having joy, living out the joy of the gospel, the joy of the Lord in your life with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter. If you have instances of joy in your life, a time when joy was very evident in your life, how did you know that? And what did you do in response to that joy? How do you, how do you cultivate joy in your own life and uh, become a more joyful person, give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, I just kind of let slip there, just came out of my mouth, the joy of the gospel, but that uh, reminds me of, of course, Pope Francis, and Pope Francis has some insights on joy, too, This uh, writing this Evangeliaudum, this apostolic exhortation on the proclamation of the gospel. And so, uh, yeah, any insights that we can learn from Pope Francis on joy? Yeah, the, the the Pope that that that, uh, that apostolic exhortation he wrote very early into his his pontificate of kind of setting down that that reality that joy needs to be the the foundation of of evangelization and it and it starts with an encounter with Christ and in some of his homilies and, and different things you know he's he's almost had some little quips from time to time and probably not getting the exact translation correctly exactly right but you know he said things like you know if you have joy in your heart let your face know about it. You know, that sense of there should be a sense that Christians uh, and the way of our life should, you know, captivate people and hopefully bring people to Christ and not always, not, not like scare people away. And sometimes that can happen where we could maybe be, you know, very faithful, but uh, on the outside, we look like we're ready to get into a fight or something. And so there's not that there's nothing wrong with that, but we should have a sense of, uh, there should be a sense of, of joy that, that, that does come through, not the fake type of joy, but a, a real sense of, you know, it's okay to smile and things yeah. like that. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that it's okay to smile. I, I enjoy doing it, and yeah. I hope most people do too. And that is actually, yeah. I mean, this this is just kind of a small thing, but we can spread joy um, in many ways and, and talk about, I was kind of open the show with this reflection that joy is a powerful evangel in our times because I think a lot of times people get so caught up uh, in the the busyness, the anxieties, the worries about everyday life these days, um, that they kind of miss out on the joy. And to see somebody who is actually enjoying um, their day can be a, can be a huge witness to the presence of Christ, right? Yep, it, it's amazing. You know what what a smile can do, even without any extra words. It's it's you know the, kind of a universal side of. Uh, of uh of welcome to someone and and uh and it's just a, a good expression towards others and so sometimes those simple things like that 
uh, you know, where we just give a smile can have a powerful, powerful yeah. way of just even kind of just calming people down. <laughs> just like, okay, yep, there's a sense of, of, of uh, joy here. Right, right. Well, we've got Hillary calling in from Alexandria, Virginia, with, a, I think, a similar question or point about that, about spreading joy. Hillary, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, gentlemen. I have a friend that um, she's just a real big Debbie Downer, and I've tried to evangelize and, and pass things on to her. And the more I share and the more I exemplify oh, joy, no. despite some of my immeasurable crosses I've had to bear, it almost makes her just more angry. Um, yep. Makes her seem like, oh, joy is just that much farther from me. How how can you have it? I'm I'm angry that you have it, or or uh, you shouldn't be this joyful. Things have been, you know, done to you. Um, and I, I don't quite know how to reach her either. Yeah. Can, can I ask before we talk about that situation? It, it sounds like you've had a bit of a an encounter with Christ or a, where you've had some difficult things and you've, you've chosen joy or joy has chosen you and you've come into agreement with it. How did you, how do you have a sense of joy in your own life or when did that really take root in you? I guess, you know, tragedy to tragedy, that's, you know, God just is standing there alone with you. Um, and that's what I chose to embrace. And it it started with you know, the stillbirth of my first daughter. And it um, it just strengthened. It was kind of this big reversion. And I just built off of it. And so the more and more things that pile on me, I don't, I don't you know, I don't get very sorrowful. So... Um, but it almost makes this particular friend that much more frustrated, and it seems like she's that much farther from yeah. from having the same thing. And even though you you exemplify it, she beats me down for it. And when she asks about Christ and and why I follow why I follow the Catholic Church, she just writes it off. You know, she's kind of an academic, very educated, but an atheist. And you know, you can only drop so many miraculous medals. <laughs> Um, uh, um, off with a friend. Um, but I don't know. She just doesn't want to seem to take the example. It's like when people reject, they, they, they find it too good to be true. So they, so they try to go actively and actively and turn away from it and mistrust or misunderstanding. Yep. Yep. You know, it's, it's interesting how many times the light of Christ, you know, and when there's the light of Christ, the love of Christ, how it many times it also, what does light do? It also shows on, on, on areas of, of, you know, different people's lives that they're you know ashamed of, maybe they're wounded in, there's maybe angry and, and anger and there's hurt. And that's the, it's interesting. That's the awkward. Also sometimes the reality of, of the gospel is that light has a way, love has a way of shining kind of light on areas where, Perhaps in in her own heart, she sees areas of of, of hurt or, or whatever it might be, and and is, is, as you mentioned, refusing to, to to choose the Lord. And but in the midst of that, though, don't discount your witness and your example. That image of of the Lord standing there um, along with you. I think you you mentioned and, and that that image. That's that's a powerful reality. That's just a powerful witness of of true joy and that awareness. So don't let, and, and you know, what does the Lord call us to do? Plant seeds, right? There's the, the, the parable of the sower and the seed. The Lord is planting seeds everywhere. And that's 
what we're called to do. Keep planting seeds, keep planting seeds, keep planting seeds. Mm-hmm. And it's the Lord's job to make them grow. Mm-hmm. Hillary, if I, if I can ask you, um, does your friend, when you're talking about your Catholic faith or when you're demonstrating joy in, in her presence and mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's not, accept, you know, she's rejecting it, as you said, uh, does she get, does she get uh, notably kind of frustrated or angry towards yes. you when that happens? Yes. She does. Most of the times it's, it's, it's very, it's agitation. Okay. Sometimes in a moment, in a moment of kind of when her anxiety happens to be low, it's, it's quietness and some questioning and some curiosity. But yeah. most of the times it's just, you know, either dismissal or agitation. Okay. All right. Well, I think, I mean, just based on that and father, I'd love your input on this as well, but, um, Based on that, I think I'm just going to ask people to pray for your friend um, right there, because I think oftentimes when people respond to the message of the faith um, with with anger, with agitation, as you said, Hillary, um, I think that that's that may be when they're getting pretty close and the Lord is the, the Lord is having to defend them. There's there's lots of attacks of the enemy in that time. And so it might be the right time to to continue on that witness, to don't lose heart, keep encouraging your friend, keep being joyful around her and uh, keep talking up your Catholic faith in a, in a loving and demonstrative manner, of course. But uh, I don't know. She might be she might be close. What do you think, Father? Good, good insight, Patrick. Sometimes in those moments, there's, you might even know the prayer, Hillary, the, the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer. Yeah. But there's a, you know, prayers like that, just asking that any evil spirits that might be influencing or, uh, you know, kind of prodding at your friend in those situations would, would be driven out, would be driven out, and that the road would be clear for, you know, for the gospel. Another good thing is, is uh, like you mentioned, that sense of prayer and, and fasting. If there's a sacrifice that can be made for her conversion, openness to the gospel, that's another great way of, of prayer in those in those situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Hillary, thank you for the call. We will pray for your friend and for you that your witness might remain strong in in the face of dismissal, frustration, agitation, whatever it is that you're being met by, and that you continue to be a strong, supportive friend. And thank you for your testimony as well. I'm sorry to hear about your stillborn child, but uh, our condolences with that. But it sounds like, again, the Lord was very present to you at that time, for which we are very grateful. And that ties us right back into what we've been talking about all along, Father, is it's the Lord's presence in our lives that brings that sort of joy. That that's And we, we have a role and responsibility to accept that in our lives. And we talked about gratitude. We talked about peace. But we also, we, we need some infusion of joy from those around us as well from time to time. Do you have examples of people who, in your life, Father, who are, who are joyful? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a number of people. I think uh, being around kids, you know, in oh, uh, yeah. the different elements <laughs> of the parish, I mean, kids have a way of, of there's a simple joy there. There's a simple joy there that always... You know, else we can make things overly complicated at times, and then kids have a way of just boiling things down to the the essential elements. You know, and, and so that's uh, that's a, that's a gift. There's a good priest friend I have as well who who he has a gift of always being that having that sense of of hope and 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 joy, and and it's it is a gift. It, it's a gift from God, and we also have that that sense of yeah, are we going to choose it? 
or, or sometimes, especially in this day and age, it's, it's uh, you know, we talk about gossip and conversation that we can sometimes we take enjoyment of going down the road of despair and, and sadness. We can just kind of, uh, and, and, you know, we have to continue to choose joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, continue to choose joy is definitely the case. And certainly the people in my life who, who give me joy and that sort of thing are people who are who are grateful, who are living out and obviously choosing joy. So that's a it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing to be around with them and to see them. Let's go now to Guadalupe calling in from Lansing, Illinois. Guadalupe, welcome. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to my mom, uh, Tomasita Martinez, whose birthday is today. Hmm. But talk about faith. Talk about sadness. She was left orphaned at the age of three and raised by an aunt. But through her sadness and her loneliness, she held on to the hand of God. The power of prayer she instilled in all of us, that seed is buried in our souls, and we are strong in that faith. Without prayer, without the love of God, then we are lost. That's what I learned from her. Always with a smile, always giving, always happy, even when she told us the sadness that she went through without her mama and her papa at the age of three. I thank Jesus for having given her to me, and I thank you for the opportunity of raising her name, Damasita Martinez. God rest your soul. Oh, Guadalupe, thanks for that that beautiful witness for your your mom and remembering her her birthday and and those 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 gifts. Did did your mom have a favorite prayer or way of praying that she she taught oh. your family? <laughs> she prayed as she walked. She was always prayed. We learned from that. In our sadness, in our happiness, she was always praying. Okay, let's take a minute to pray a little short prayer, the garden angel prayer, oh. the prayer to Our Lady. Oh, she loved our mother, perpetual help. Uh huh. I truly believe she was a saint in our time and in our home. Oh, it sounds like you know she had a very organic type of prayer where it just kind of came right out of her. It was like the air she breathed, you know, the, the, the Lord and that closeness and that sense of, of, you know, she held on to the hand of God, as you said, and that's such a powerful image. Yeah. What a, what a fantastic role model and uh, just a pillar of joy. And just that, like yeah, you've both pointed out that she hung on to the hand of God. I love that. I love that. So wonderful. Thank you so much, Guadalupe, for the call. Uh, happy birthday to your mother. May she rest in peace and may she continue. May you continue to uh, share her joy that she gave to you and passed on to you. May you continue to pass it on to those around you. Talking about joy today here on The Inner Life, if you have a joyful time in your life, a time when joy has really been evident, or maybe you have a way of cultivating joy, of being becoming more and more joyful, a joyful person, then please do give us a call, 888 Again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email 
innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but we're going to come back with more discussion on the fruit of the spirit that's called joy and how to have more of it in your life. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Nice. Little Richard leading us back in here. Thanks to our producer, Nick, who puts that together and puts all the show together. I'm very grateful for that, so thank you for that. And uh, Thomas Engeser is taking your phone calls as well. Today is Father Matthew Witters. We're talking about joy. How do we have more joy in our lives? If you have a, if you have a way in which joy has really moved you, you've seen joy, you cultivate joy, you cooperate with joy, you bring joy into your life and share it with others, let us know, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Let's go back to the phones. John calling in from Encinitas, California. John, welcome. Uh, thank you, uh, John from Encinitas. And um, Mother Teresa said, joy is a net, a net to catch souls. And uh, when I was saying to be a priest for the Diocese of Gallup, New Mexico, my bishop, Jerome J. Hassridge, a true saint, said that the saints are the happiest people on the face of the earth. And the one great tragedy is never to become a saint. So like Mother Teresa, we can catch souls by having the true joy of Jesus down in our hearts. How did you uh, kind of first encounter that sense of joy, John, or or that uh, encounter with the, the joy of Christ? Well, I met Mother Teresa in 1976. I had a semi-private meeting with her. I, wow. Yeah, I wrote her when I was going to uh, college. By the way, I went to the University of Dallas for grad school when I was in the seminary. Great place. But uh, I met Mother Teresa on a street corner of all places during the Eucharist of Congress at about 9 o'clock at night, and she was standing all by her lonesome. And um, so Mother Teresa took my hand and said, give the people only Jesus. Give the people only Jesus. But first you must have him in your heart. So when you have him down in your heart, you're rejoicing in the Lord always. That's a beautiful, beautiful testimony. What a what a powerful encounter there. And, and you know, back in 1972, that that's kind of a formative formative part uh, of your life. Something that it sounds like you've you've held on to, you know, 50 years. That's that's powerful. A great mm-hmm. reminder too. Makes me think of too. Thank you, John. Thank you for the the good advice, the good uh, good slogan sayings, and of course the great advice from Sister Saint. Saint Mother Teresa, I'll get it out here eventually. But and it, it ties in back to what we were talking about before, and in, in uh, the apostolic exhortation of Pope Francis, uh, Evangelii Gaudium, that there's joy in the actual sharing of Jesus. Right? We, oftentimes we see it as something that's uh, 
uh, perhaps off-putting or you know fear-inspiring or something like that. We don't really want to talk about Jesus with others. Perhaps at times we're in- intimidated by it, etc. But um, there's great joy to be found there, isn't there, Father? There is. That's that's the work of of evangelization, and and yeah. you know sometimes what happens when we, when we have the faith and it becomes more just kind of stuck inside. It's it's similar to. But, you know, maybe, you know, good food that starts as good, we put it in the fridge and we're going to get to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, a week or two later, there's mold on it. You know, if it's not used, it mm-hmm. it kind of turns against itself. And that's the the, 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 the the faith is meant to be it's meant to be shared. It's that sense of that's the mission that brings us that brings us joy. Just, like, you know, the disciples returning with a sense of joy. Why? Because yeah. they had they had evangelized. They had, they had spread the faith. Yeah. Well, we've talked about a lot of things that uh, that bring up joy in our lives. Uh, just what you were just saying there, joy and mission often go together. We talked about gratitude. We talked about peace. We've talked about, of course, that all of this stems from the presence of the Lord, acknowledging the presence of the Lord in our lives and the work of the Holy Spirit is, uh, who gives us this joy and who, who grows this joy within us. So I don't know, again, that we've talked about this explicitly, Father, but it's worth mentioning, obviously, in all of this prayer— must be pretty essential. Prayer, prayer is the is the foundation. Prayer is the foundation because it's prayer where we take that moment and we go to that that deep place within our soul, and we take a, a look at our lives, and we have that interior kind of time to to ponder and to think deeper about the different realities of our life. When we just get kind of into the the race of life, we don't have that 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 moment to ponder the good things that the Lord has done and, and where the Lord is at work without prayer and kind of cultivating that, that interior space, oh, joy is very difficult. Joy is very difficult. Hmm. Well, and you even, you did say, uh, you pointed out about the liturgy of the hours that it starts with this, you know, recognizing joy and choosing joy here from the outset. But, but prayer, even maybe most especially in times of, of great, trial, great suffering, great sacrifice, that um, that prayer foundation is what will give us at least even the option to turn to joy, it seems. Exactly, exactly, because without that, we just get our instincts pull us into, you know, sadness and, and hopelessness at times. Yeah, right. And it's that, that sense of the, the Holy Spirit that gives us the, the gift to kind of go uh, deeper than uh, you know the the surface level of our of our instincts, and that's you know that that can't be stressed enough that that joy is something that that comes from within. It's a gift from God, and we you know it's that we're temples of the Holy Spirit through our baptism and through our confirmation, and that that sense of joy radiates out. Whereas you know pleasure kind of starts on the outside. <laughs> you know it starts on. I, I mentioned kids, and I I, I blessed to have a, a young nephew now, and he's you know, changing, trying foods for the first time. And, you know, sometimes they get videos of him, uh, you know, taking his first bite of, you know, something. And sometimes it's <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, you know, you can see like that's a joy. I'm like, whoa, what was that? You know, give me that again. You know, that, that's, of course, you know, more pleasure. It starts on the outside. There's an instinct of like, well, what, whoa, whoa, that's really good. Let's, let's do that again. Um, you know, whereas joy, it starts on the inside and it goes out. Mm-hmm. I love that too, and that's a great way of of saying of another way of distinguishing between joy and pleasure. That joy begins on the inside in this deep relationship with the Lord, whereas pleasure is dependent oftentimes, if not 
uh, well, earthly pleasure anyway, is is sensual, right? It comes into us through our senses. Excellent insight there, Father. Thank you. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Pat's calling in from White Bear, Minnesota. Pat, welcome. Hello. Hi, Pat. um, I wanted to say that I find joy often when I'm under a lot of stress or whatever it might be. If I would just take a second and meditate on the fact that Christ is dwelling in my heart, and just to get in touch with his presence there in my heart, it just fills you with so much joy and so much peace. It's like the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. That, that's a beautiful, a beautiful testimony. That you said just to stop, to pause, and, and then to pray and to meditate on, on the Lord's presence and the Lord's dwelling in your heart. That's a beautiful, a, a beautiful insight. Has there been a certain situation in your life that's been the the most trying or the situation that you've had to kind of practice that the, the most at or within? No, it's just whatever. Whenever I'm just under a lot of stress and don't feel that peace in my heart, I have to stop and I have to meditate on the fact that Jesus is there in my heart mm. and to just talk to him there in my heart and feel his presence and feel his joy. Yep. And that's a, that's a gift that, you know, wherever you are or whatever you're going through, it sounds like you're able to cultivate that, that moment of silence, that moment of, of prayer. And that's a beautiful witness to, to myself and, and to, to, to everyone listening here today. Excellent testimony, Pat. And just a, that is it's and sometimes that's the hardest time to do it is when we are facing uh, times of, of stress, anxiety, again, when we don't have that peace in our heart. But I like what you've done there, Pat, that you've used those as cues to say, OK, I have to stop. I have to you know, take some time to acknowledge Jesus present here in my heart. Wonderful advice, Pat. Thank you so much for calling in and giving us that. Father, let's uh, let's take an email, too, here. Olivia has emailed in, and uh, Olivia says, I want joy, but what if you feel it just doesn't happen, even if you pray and even if you try to have a relationship with Jesus? So any advice for Olivia, Father? The first thing, it starts with the desire. You know, the Lord, you know, would, would we have a desire Many times the Lord wishes to grant that desire. That's why it's there in the first place sometimes. Now, we, of course, we could have sinful desires, but that, that type of desire, that the desire is there in the first place, tells me that the Lord is already on the move, that the Lord is already at work. And so you don't get that, that type of, of holy desire without the Lord already being at work within, within your soul. And so I would say, Olivia, praise God for that gift. You know, praise God uh, for, for that gift first. And it might be something then, you know, that sense of, even as our previous caller just talked about, that sense of, of praying and that simple pausing and meditating on the Lord's presence in your life. And then also kind of thinking about what are the, sometimes there are certain blocks or certain wounds or certain hurts from the past, sometimes sins and, and our weaknesses, where oh, it seems like they're, <laughs> they're coming in and they're, they're saying, nope, because of this, you can't have joy. And so sometimes it's kind of diffusing some of those lies that we, we have within our, within our train of thought. Mm. I love that you started with um, recognizing that the Lord himself has given Olivia this desire, that even the desire for joy has come from the Lord, and that's something we can be grateful for. So 
I like it, Father. I like it a lot. Let's uh, in our last few minutes here, Father. I um, one of the things that, of course, we haven't mentioned, or at least not very much, our Blessed Mother, and uh, I'm thinking specifically of the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Yep. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So maybe a few thoughts on how our Blessed Mother can help us with joy as well. Exactly. One of the, the titles for, for Mary in the, the litany is, of course, cause of our joy. Right. And, you know, we pray the Hail Holy Queen, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Yeah. And I always I always love that because I think sometimes Mary says, without me, <laughs> it's... You know the those dark times, those those trials, those valley of tears will be too much, and so Mary often stands by as you know our life, our sweetness, and our hope in those those difficult times. And the Magnificat, as you just quoted there, that, that the first part of it is a powerful witness to that. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Mary's not focused on herself. Where does her joy come from? She's focused on proclaiming the goodness of the Lord, and that's yeah. one of the the powerful realities of what brings joy. Not focused on herself. She's not focused on her the greatness of the Lord. That's, that's a powerful witness there. Mm-hmm. And I think when we, when we turn to her, I mean, of course we, you know, it's easy to look upon our mother and, and see that, well, she had such a unique calling. I mean, how, how can anyone kind of mirror her, whatever, fill in the blank, right? But specifically because joy is yep. our topic today. How can one mirror her joy um, at giving birth to the savior of the world? Right. But at the same time, I think I'm not wrong in saying that Mary desires to share her joy. Right. Oh, beautifully put. Mary desires to, to, to share her joy. You know, there's no there's no person that the Mary does not claim as as a, as a spiritual mother that Mary wishes. Uh, you know, she, she wishes to to bring each of us to to the to our Lord, to the the cause of, of, of her joy and, and, and our joy. And, and Mary, she stands stands by us. Many times at times people might be afraid of the Lord or, oh gosh, and uh, Mary is that beautiful, beautiful bridge to use that, that example of, you know, the Mother Teresa that uh, John mentioned, you know, joy is the net that catches souls. And, and many times Mary is, is also that kind of net that uh, she tends to catch us and, and bring us to our Lord and praise God for the gift of her, of, of her intercession and, and her love. Exactly. And again, she's such a great example for us pre- precisely because she's always focused on her son, right? And um, so when we come in and we want to adore her son alongside her, she is always welcoming us in, uh, into that. And then we are we are her children as well. I mean, Jesus has given yep. uh, her to us as our mother, right? And pondering this month of September, the month of the, the sorrowful heart of yeah. Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she was the mother of the Lord. Praise, you know, but, but she, you know, right away she hears a sword is going to pierce her heart. The next thing right. she's fleeing to Egypt because her son is, is uh, they're looking to kill him. You know, holding her son, you know, being taken down from the cross. And I mean, Mary had... She had that sense of joy, but she did not have an easy life by by no means. Yeah, yeah. Well, joy in the time of great sorrow, great suffering, she can always lead us through that as well. Father, great discussion today on joy. Thank you for all the advice and the wisdom that you shared with us. Will you also share with us your blessing, please, as we close? And so we just ask to the intercession of our dear Blessed Mother Mary, the cause of our joy, that God's joy, the true joy, would be poured out over each of you. May God bless you, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Father Matthew Witter has been our spiritual director today in our discussion about joy. If you know somebody who maybe needs a little more joy, a little encouragement of joy in their life, go to relevantradio.com slash inner life. Listen again. Share it with others. It would be a great thing to do to help help bring about more joy. Tomorrow on the program, Patience with Father Marcel Tyone. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace. Peace.